Welcome to the What We Talked About in Class podcast, brought to you from the campus of Wayne Community College in Goldsboro, North Carolina, sponsored by the Foundation of Wayne Community College. All right, chapter three is a good chapter talking about the Constitution. What's a fact about the Constitution you've already learned? Repeat. The governmental laws. What else? It's the oldest document, and it's the oldest. Our Constitution is the oldest Constitution in the world. Correct. That's a good question. I don't know if it's the most protected document, but it's highly protected. Yeah. In fact, I believe they have replica constitutions that they display in order to protect the integrity of the original. And so I think from time to time they do break out the original, but I think they have replicas as well to protect that constitution. So <laughs> National treasure, yeah, sure. That would be great if I could get Nick Cage to come in here and like do that, you know, talk about it. So, so what else is, uh, anything else we learned about the constitution so far? It's okay, we're gonna talk about it. So the constitution, <laughs> is the foundation for all of U.S. law. Business and commerce are directly affected by the words, meanings, and interpretation of the Constitution. I actually learned something about the Constitution this week. Um, right now, you know that we've got this impeachment thing going on, correct? Uh, there's a lot of legal stuff that's in play. And right now, uh, I learned this week, this past week, that the uh, act of impeachment is the only statute or amendment in the Constitution that is not up for judicial review. And so what that means is that if a president is impeached, they cannot appeal it to the Supreme Court. So that is the only one that doesn't have judicial review uh, as a part of that process. And so, and another thing I've learned about this process, because it's very rare, we've only done it a few times in our history, is that there's a lot of open interpretation to anything dealing with impeachment. For example, high crimes and misdemeanors, um, they were trying to define exactly what that means. And they had a legal scholar that spent a great deal of time researching how to define what that means. And his analysis, he came back with a very simple phrase to interpret it. He says, high crimes and misdemeanors means what we say it means at that time. And so that's a, I know that's a very gray area. But as I mentioned in week one, there is a lot of gray area stuff in our legal system. And you can see the law, you can interpret it one way yourself, a judge might interpret it another way, a lawyer might interpret it another way. And so that's why, one of the reasons why we have nine justices at the Supreme Court level, because there's an odd number so we can have a kind of a, a, a difference maker or a deal breaker, you know, like if, if four are on one side of the issue and four on the other, that ninth justice can be the decision maker, the, you know, whoever uh, will be able to fall on one side or the other. It raises all kinds of issues for scholars, lawyers, judges, politicians, and commentators. As an example, federalism, shared government between the Fed and the state, where does that line stop? You know, that's something that we constantly are struggling with, you know. Um, where, where, where is the federal overreach into the state law and state uh, sovereignty? Because 
states do have a certain amount of sovereignty where they're allowed to operate and do their own thing. You may have even heard about California and Texas, Texas at one point wanting to separate from the United States. Have you heard rumors of this? They wanted to go off and become their own sovereign nation state. <coughs> um, yeah, states were originally intended to have self-sovereignty and little reliance on the federal government. The government was supposed to be an umbrella in which the states operated and provided things like infrastructure, the military, things like that. But over time, we have more and more become reliant on the federal system. And uh, part of that is due to reliance on money, you know, because states have, I don't want to say gone broke, but put themselves in bad debt situations where the, the Fed is having to support the states. And because of that, the states have relinquished power, more and more ceded power to the federal government. Uh, the Supreme Court is the ultimate decider of these disputes, trying to decide you know, what the ultimate answer is, the ultimate interpretation is. There are aspects of the Constitution. There are seven articles. Article one deals with the legislative, which is Congress. And this actually came up in the past uh, six to 12 months. We have a uh, triumvirate government where we have three co-equal branches of government, the legislative, the executive, and the judicial. And people that learn about civics and learn about these uh, early on, they may have an interpretation just from, because the president, whoever that person is, is the most visible figurehead of our government. Um, but <clears throat> they don't realize that each branch of the government is supposed to be equal. There's three equal branches that are designed to be checks and balances against the other two. And so um, the legislative was written about first as the branch that writes and creates laws. The executive branch in the Article Two is the executor of laws. And the judicial is the interpreter of laws. Um, the Supreme Law of the Land, the Bill of Rights, 10 amendments adopted in 1791. New Amendment, the 14th Amendment was adopted in 1868. And we're gonna talk about the Bill of Rights later in the slides, but I was looking prior to class about a way to show, uh, graphically <coughs> go over this Bill of Rights. I actually had to sign up for this Kids Discovery website just to get access to this graphic because I wanted it. Um, but this is a good graphic to kind of uh, visually uh, show you the Bill of Rights. First Amendment talks about religion, speech, petition, assembly, and the press. It says Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise uh, thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. And so, long story short, you do have the right, the freedom of religion, you have the right of speech, you have the right of free press. What does, since we have the right of free speech, can you say anything? No? What, what, what can't you say? Or what types of things can't you say? What's that? Slander, right? If you speak something untrue that harms somebody, uh, there could be a slander case. In fact, um, I saw in the head, one of the headlines earlier this morning, Hillary Clinton's being sued by Tulsi Gabbard because she called Tulsi Gabbard, who is a presidential candidate, she called her a Russian asset. And she's suing Hillary for $50 million. And so that can't be good. That's not good, right? But who had a question? Dexter, or comment? Repeat, oh, you can't make threats against the government or people, right? So 
if you communicate a threat, yeah, that's a crime. And so just because you have a right to free speech doesn't mean you can communicate threats. That's correct. Um, what other things might be taboo to say? Anything, I'll just go and tell you like an overarching umbrella in this topic is anything that, that is said that can cause harm to another. That, that is where the line is drawn. If it causes harm, you probably shouldn't be saying these things. If, let's, I mean, if you yell fire in a movie theater, crowded full of people, you know, that causes a panic, people get trampled, people get injured, yeah, that's, that's a, you're, you're gonna get in trouble for that kind of stuff. So just because you have the right to free speech doesn't give you the unrestricted right to say anything you want. And so you should be cognizant of what you say, how you say it, and in the context in which you do say these things. The Second Amendment, We've heard a lot about this. Um, it's basically the right to keep and bear arms. A lot of different interpretation to this day that goes into this. Um, even though we have the right to keep and bear arms, some people argue that this amendment was designed, in fact, let me read it to you, <clears throat> a well-regulated militia being necessary to secu the security of the free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall, be, shall not be infringed. So, um, People that are staunch Second Amendment people say that, okay, this says I can have guns, I can have guns, don't even think about taking my guns away or infringing my right to own guns. But people that are on the opposite side of the spectrum say, well, my interpretation of this is that it says you can have guns if you're forming a militia to uh, protect yourself against the state of tyrannical powers. And so you can see that even though, like, it's, pretty, it's black and white, it's only a couple sentences or lines, but we can st struggle with that interpretation of what it really um, means. <laughs> so what judges often will do is try to get to the original intent of what the law means. <coughs> and what do you guys think the original intent was? Protection? Comment, other comments? What's that? Nobody? I mean, I'm not, uh, me personally, I own guns, but for the reason of, you know, if somebody breaks in my house at 4 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning, the boogeyman, you know, I got to do something, you know. And so, I mean, I could rely on my ninja skills, but, you know, I don't know how effective that could be, so I need to have some type of personal defense, you know. <clears throat> but it's one of those things that you have and you hope you never need. I would not want to ever have to use it. Yes, ma'am. Right. Sure. Right. It's it's a highly contested issue. I mean, it's a really really hot button issue because <laughs> if you the one argument is if you take guns away, then criminals will have them, so it doesn't do any good. The, the people who are there trying to protect their family at 3 o'clock in the morning won't have guns. It's a really, it, guns are not going anywhere anytime soon in this country. Uh, but you look at case studies around the world, you look at places like Australia that don't allow guns, you see obviously very low gun violence, but they do have other violent crimes like stabbings and things. So. You know, it's hard to say, like, uh, what the correct answer, where the happy medium is, so to speak. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
me personally, like, as in a case study, my nephew got a gun for Christmas. He got a shotgun. He's 17 years old, completely immature. Sorry, it's true. Um, but, yeah, I love the guy. But, you know, I think about 17-year-olds. Who's 17? Anybody? You know? I mean, nobody? But good. But when you're young, you're not really mature, you know? I mean, just... You know, I look at young people nowadays and I'm thinking, you know, no disrespect, but you just, you're not quite there yet. Um, and the idea of him having a shotgun with zero hunter safety training, none, right here, zero, is concerning. You know, I mean, even experts that are trained with weaponry make mistakes, you know, and they do things that are accidental. <laughs> so if I could snap my fingers and change the gun laws as they sit today, it would be to require some minimum safety training for every person that owns a gun. That's that's very, I don't think that's too much to ask. Yes? I agree with that. Sure. Before you own it, like I got my first duty when I was four. Right. So it's a little different. But I will say you have to go to the courts, but if you don't have to, the courts, then you should be allowed to. Yeah, right. That's, that's good. But yeah, I'm not anti gun at all. I just think. Uh, I'm all for responsible ownership. That's the rare. And I think most sensible people would agree with that, you know. So, but once again, the people that are staunch Second Amendment people say, don't do anything to infringe on that right. Now, you're playing with my emotions. All right, Third Amendment, no soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. This one's a little scary because... Even though, like, we are in peace times, there's a war going on somewhere, and that last few words prescribed by law, they could create a law to say that you have to house soldiers. I mean, it could happen. I mean, it's a long hypothetical, but it's there. <laughs> Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrant shall be issued but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. So protection against uh, unlawful searches and seizures. This is a big one. You have the right to privacy, but there's a lot of things in our technologically advanced society where the government has their eyes and ears in everybody's you know, cell phones, on their social media, and that is unrestricted access. You know, they can look at stuff without warrants in some cases. And uh, our privacy is something that most people don't think about until they lose it. You know, you don't think about your identity being stolen until it is stolen, right? It's just one of those things that you just kind of arbitrarily, or you don't think about credit until your credit's jacked up, you know? I mean, it's one of those things you just don't, don't think about until it affects you. And so, we need to cherish our privacy and our right to be secure in our persons and our property and our paper. We have a right to retain that life, liberty, and property uh, unless through due process. There has been has to be a, an affirmation or some type of oath sworn against us for reasons that they need to search our property. You can seize your, or cede your rights to law enforcement, though. If a law enforcement officer shows up at your property and wants to do a search, you can agree to that, and then they have unrestricted access to come in and search your property. So just be aware of your rights. No person shall be held to answer for capital or otherwise infamous crimes unless uh, on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury. <coughs> um, I'm going to skip down on this because um, 
it's a little wordy, but you nor to be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So there's a couple things going on in here. Due process, you have a right of habeas corpus to appear before a judge. You have a right to uh, stand against your accusers and to be uh, heard in court. It does um, talk about your right to not go through double jeopardy if you're exonerated of a crime, to not be prosecuted prosecute for those crimes again. And you have a right to not uh, testify against yourself or use the Fifth Amendment. You've heard that before. I plead the Fifth, right, against self-incrimination. I hear some people pleading the Fifth in some cases, and they may not actually have anything that would be incriminating, but they don't want to take a risk that they might say something that could potentially put them in a bad light. And so um, sometimes it's advisable to do that on the advice of counsel, uh, even if you may not have that much to worry about. And then that last one, eminent domain, has anybody heard that before? Eminent domain is where the government can seize your property uh, for public use, legitimate public use, with just compensation. And so there is a lot of eminent domain cases I've seen over the years where property owners didn't want a highway to go through their property or things like that, but the government would ultimately you know, seize that property and give them a fair market value for that. The Sixth Amendment, all crime, all, I'm sorry, all, in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy public trial by an impartial jury of the state <coughs> and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which districts shall have been previously ascertained by law, and um, to be informed of the nature and cause of the accus accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. Let me zoom in on this stuff a little bit more if I can. There we go. So I know it's hard to read. So lots of things are covered in the six. Speedy trial, public trial, trial by jury, right to counsel, rights of the accused, and confrontation clause, all those covered in the six. The Seventh Amendment in suits at common law where the value and controversy shall exceed $20, the right of a trial by jury shall be preserved and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise reexamined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of common law. So you can't have a civil trial by jury. It's very uncommon unless it's a large amount of money, but you can technically have that, but like I said, pretty uncommon for those things to happen nowadays. <clears throat> the Eighth Amendment, excessive bail should not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishment inflicted. It's a great one to talk about for a second. What is cruel and unusual punishment? What is that? Being whipped, Being whipped okay. What else? Waterboarding. Who? Waterboarding, okay. How about solitary confinement? Is that cruel and unusual? If you get locked in a box for a year, limited daylight, limited exposure to other humans, is that is that cruel and unusual? It's open for interpretation. Yeah, it's open for interpretation, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean. Right. In the Bible, it says, well, if your eyes cause you to sin, then you should take a spoon and gouge them out. That's right. So if someone steals and it's the government's ruling, do we need to cut off their hand 
Is that cruel and unusual? What about the death penalty? Is that cruel? I don't know. Depends on the case. I don't know. It's open to interpretation. As is so many things in our law. Like, you know, a judge may see the death penalty for, you know, and say, this is a normal thing, no problem, roll with it. Another judge might see that as cruel punishment, you know. Uh, we're human beings. We're all human beings regardless of the crimes we commit, you know. I don't know. I mean, these are awesome things to debate. Yes. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, my own personal interpretation is that life in prison is more punitive than the death penalty. <laughs> I mean, the idea of sitting 30 or 40 years in a prison cell is horrible, you know. And so, I mean, I don't know, though. I mean, it's... These things are very gray area. And so each case is decided on its own merits. And you've got all these random variables of where the trial is or the case is taking place, the, the plaintiff involved or the defendant or the victims involved, the judges, the lawyers. There's so many random variables that you remember I told you that over 95% of cases, percent of cases are settled or played play out before going to trial. The reason is is that you have to really be willing to roll the dice when you go to trial and believe that you're going to be exonerated because the odds are not in your favor. There's so many like spurious random variables that could go against you at trial. So these things are wildly debatable. We've debated them for hundreds of years and we'll continue to debate these things. Um, I don't know the answer. I don't. But I know that my opinions will differ from yours and yours will differ from your cousins and your cousins will differ from somebody else. I mean, this is, uh, this is why we continue to learn and talk about these things, and so we can form educated opinions. All right, the Ninth Amendment, the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights should not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So these are protection of rights not specifically listed in the Constitution. So there are other rights that we, we do have as individuals. And then the 10th Amendment, the power um, not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. So this guarantees that the states do have states' rights. And remember in the early days when we formed the Constitution, the states were sovereign and they were basically nation, nation states. They operated uh, as a state and... Um, the people within there were kind of like a micro-federal, you know, thing going on. They, they, they operated uh, with their own set of laws, and um, the, the, the greater United States was more of an umbrella uh, of the whole thing. So questions or comments about the Bill of Rights? All right, go ahead. Right. That, you know, had marijuana on them, yeah. And they ended up going to jail for sure. years and years and years, and they couldn't, you know, have a livelihood. And now they've changed those laws, and <laughs> people get caught if it's in the public right. There's um, I wanted to bring this up with the Hernandez case because Aaron Hernandez was a habitual marijuana user, and he relied on a dubious individual to bring him marijuana, and this dubious individual was a serial 
felon. He'd been involved in many crimes. And they said in the documentary if, if marijuana was legal, Aaron wouldn't have to rely on this dubious individual to bring him marijuana. He wouldn't even associate it with this person. And a lot of the unintended consequences that happened might not have even happened. I don't know if that how it would have played out, but it is really weird because somebody in the documentary, they said they were arrested when they were 23 on their third strike for marijuana. They were selling it, and they got life in prison because it was a third strike rule. And so even Bill Clinton has come out and said that he was wrong on the third strike thing, you know, um, you know, back when they implemented that. They were trying to be hard on um, hard drugs and really, you know, show some examples. But our prisons, we, we have... 5% of the world's population, but we um, actually incarcerate 75% of the world's criminals or, or felons. And that is just not a good representation, you know what I mean? You would think 5% of the world's population would have about 5% of the world's you know, criminals, but that's not uh, the case. Um, but I believe laws are changing. But the, the case with that 23-year-old who was got life in prison, he's now in prison in a state where marijuana is legal. And he got life in prison for selling marijuana. So it's really, you know, this goes back to this idea of uh, in law interpretation, what is right, what is just, you know. And so uh, I bet you if I could, I could bring in any judge in here and they would tell you that the law is not always just, but the law is always right, meaning that we follow as it's prescribed. Hopefully it's interpreted correctly, but it's not always just. And our idea of the law and our relationship with the law changes over time, and the law is flexible to change over time with society. Um, sometimes it takes a while to catch up, though, and so we'll see how things evolve. We'll take a time out here for today. We'll pick it up on Friday to wrap up Chapter 3, and I appreciate your time and attention. If you got any questions, please drop me an email. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you liked it, please subscribe, like, and share. If you're feeling extra generous, please consider leaving an iTunes review. My name is Ryan Bradshaw, and I produce this podcast to help students connect with the material, but also to be able to share the content with the world. My hope is through education, we can make the world a kinder, happier, and better place. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to our time together in the future. Until then, I wish you well.